Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan, and I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey, Jody, how are you doing today? Hello, Paul. How are you? Doing well. I'm doing very well. Fantastic, actually. Um, This podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they are related to family and finances. Our hope is that we can provide our thoughts, successes, and mistakes and share them with all of you. Um, Before we jump into the podcast today, Jody, it's funny. I had a couple of texts from some of our listeners, friends and family listeners. They were very impressed, and, and one of them said, you guys are probably the only financial show that ever did a podcast on grocery shopping. It was like in the history of podcasting, there's probably very, very few, if not any, um, shows that are talking about the grocery trip. So we got a few compliments, <laughs> unexpected this week. So it's cool. It's very cool. But that's I thought very, I would just kind of talk nice. about that. So it was very cool. So I have some loyal well, you know, listeners that listen and, and keep me posted on um, whether it's audio levels on the podcast or if it's on the uh, topic. So I thank them all profusely. And I continue to evangelize. I actually was in an Uber this week with a guy who him and his wife are moving into Rybrook, New York. They're buying a condominium. And the funny part was he's Ubering on the side early mornings and he's a financial advisor by by trade. And he's just trying to save more money for him and his wife. So when they start having kids, he wants to start being prepared. And I said, hey, we got this podcast. And he said he was going to listen. So if you're listening, thank you very much. And uh, and hope you are listening and hope you're enjoying our podcast. Yeah, thanks to everyone who listens and 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 for the feedback too. You know, we we really like the feedback. And let's be honest, we we've said it a bunch of times. We are not financial experts. We're simply dads who are sharing the mistakes that we've made and the wisdom that we've gathered along the way and passing that along in the hopes that other people will avoid to the degree that they can the mistakes that we have made and, and sort of just do a better job with their money. So that that's really nice. And thank you to everybody who's given us feedback. Very cool. Very cool. Well. We'll jump in today's topic, right? Today's topic is holiday financial planning, right? How do we budget for the holiday season? Uh, at, the, at the recording of this podcast, we're in October, and we have some big holidays coming up. We have, of course, uh, the, the December holidays, uh, Christmas, Hanukkah. Uh, we have uh, Thanksgiving coming up, Halloween, of course. There's a lot coming up in the next quarter, and we really wanted to discuss how do you budget for those holiday expenditures, Um my current situation is I set a budget and a tracker each and every year to keep the Christmas holiday for me on track, which includes everything from gifts to tips to holiday menu planning. Um, and it's a plan and a budget in the same file, right? I use a Microsoft Excel and I use a save as copy every year. And I try to keep to that budget plus or minus a couple of hundred dollars. I'll increase it when I feel it's a little bit too low. But basically, I use this to keep me on track from for actuals versus forecast. And what I mean by that is for each person in our lives, we, we do budget a certain amount of a ceiling that we want to spend to keep the budget on track. And, and that's worked for us in the past. When it comes to Halloween and Thanksgiving, um, that's probably another another topic. But basically, we try to you know buy within reason. The meals are within reason. I don't think they're part of the cost of doing business. Uh, children's costumes and candies for Halloween, Thanksgiving turkey, we don't luckily we don't have to plan and i'm grateful i always say this i'm grateful and thankful i don't have to plan too hard for thanksgiving and halloween but for the christmas holiday i definitely do and and that's why i keep this budget and i keep it going um 
in terms of tipping, we primarily focus on um, the aftercare program for my daughter's school and, and the bus driver. Um, there's not many other tips that we have to give during the holiday season, and typically it's either cash or gift cards. Um, in terms of shopping, I do a lot of online shopping now. Used to go to the store a lot. There's still some trips to the store and to the malls, but most of it is online, and I'm looking for those deals um, as I'm putting it together. And I maintain a list of gifts that my kids will mention throughout the year that I keep and we buy against because I, the biggest thing for me is I don't like to buy for the sake of buying. I like to buy with a purpose. So if my son or daughter mentions something throughout the year that they would like to, for me to buy or for me to tell Santa to buy, I put it into that list. And either I buy it or I relay it to Santa. So that's really uh, the focus that I do. And then typically Christmas for us um, is where the big gifts come out. We don't buy a lot of big gifts around the birthdays or just willy-nilly throughout the year. We use Christmas as that meaningful time where you are giving thanks, but also the bigger gifts um, that maybe the kids are asking for, we, we, we provide during the Christmas holiday. And that's typical because I think I grew up that way. My parents did the same thing. Throughout the year, um, we, we, we got certain things, but Christmas was the big, the big gift-giving time. And that's when we got the wish list things that we wanted throughout the year. So whether it's a new computer or an iPad or a basketball hoop, we try to save those purchases for Christmas time. So I said a lot in the first uh, current situation opening of this podcast. So, Jody, I'll let you jump in. What is your current situation when it comes to the uh, holiday financial planning? Yeah, Paul, that, that's a great kickoff to this. And you can see how nuanced this time of year is with all the things that are going on. There are all the things that you could potentially have to buy. And, you know, some of the things, uh, every, everything here, let's, let's be honest, everything here is discretionary. Um, but there are a lot of things that you can run into and in the aggregate, they can really add up. So that's why we thought that we should do this podcast now at the beginning of October, because, you know, October, November, December, especially in a family situation is an expensive time of year. And if you're not geared up and prepared and mentally prepared for this time of year, um, and you don't have yourself on a schedule and a budget, you're going to wake up in January with a massive financial hangover and and maybe even a couple thousand dollars worth of credit card debt because you simply didn't plan, you simply didn't stick to your to to the to, to the schedule of the agenda that you wanted to execute. So that's why we're talking about this now. Um, in terms of uh, saving and spending for this time of year, um, you know, I'm a drip 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 kind of a saver. I put savings into budget lines and I and I execute them every single week, every single paycheck, 365 a year. Um, and that goes back to the practice that I have of being intentional with my money. I want to make sure that every dollar is doing the work it's supposed to be doing. Uh, and so in the case of holiday spending, um, I don't exactly have a holiday line broken out, but what, what we do have broken out is simply um, uh, an untouchable uh, savings account line. And we budget in our household 50 bucks a week, and that gets auto-drafted into an untouchable savings account, the kind of one that you don't dip into um, you know, to cover the household expenses. And, and we could get into a whole thing. I, I have a savings account where I get 
I get paid on a monthly basis with a commission. And so I so I build up a amount of money in there and then I pull it over to pay a, the mortgage bill at the end of the month. It's not that account. It's a separate, different account in a different institution where we actually have to go and either write a check or go to that institution and pull that money out. You could do it online as well, but but there's a, an emotional, you know, don't want to dip into that um, uh, that account. So 50 bucks a week, and it, that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you add all that up, that's $2,500 in a year. That's a lot of money. Um, and so we're, we put that aside throughout the year knowing that we'll be able to dip into that $2,500, not necessarily spend it all, but be able to use that $2,500. It's going to be there at the end of the year to buy the things at this time of the year in Q4 of every year that we know we're going to have to spend on. And it starts with Halloween, goes right through Thanksgiving, and ends up for our household at Christmas as well. Um, and and we do a similar thing, Paul. You know, we have a spreadsheet where we track all the expenses. It also allows us to track all of the gifts that we've bought, um, the tips that we have to do throughout the, the season, the food, the travel. It all adds up. Um, and it also helps us track the activity. You know, what's been done, what still has to be ordered, what needs to get ordered. Um, Paul, I love your idea, and I do the same thing where, you know, you keep track of those things that the kids talk about throughout the year, and you, you write them down on the list, and then, you know, you get to the end of the year, and it's a list that you can go into instead of, you know, sitting down and being like, what do you want for Christmas, and that kind of stuff, even though we do that anyway. Um, but what that also does, and we can talk about this a little bit too, you know, you get you get into December, and, you know, in our house, and, and I think a lot of people have had this in, in you know, that Christmas shopping time. As the days tick down, you get desperate. What am I going to get for this person or that person or my wife or my whoever? Um, it eliminates the spontaneous purchases. And that can be the real killer. You know, if, you, if you're running out and you're grabbing something real fast, um, you're always going to overspend and you're always going to spend off of your plan. Um, so, so by keeping track of this and going back to the being intentional with your money, writing it all down, planning it all out, sticking to the plan, you can avoid the spontaneous purchases. And you can also avoid, if you can, the credit card purchases that aren't accounted for in that savings account. You know, uh, I have no problem with people buying something on a credit card, executing a purchase on a credit card, as long as that money exists elsewhere in cash, where you then go and cover that credit card. And we've done that frequently. Um, you know, we buy something on the credit card. As soon as it hits the credit card, we pay it off in cash. There's no interest. There's no carryover. There's no nothing. Um, and then there's just one other thing that I wanted to hit, and we can talk about this a little, and that's don't, not being shamed into the big purchases at holiday time by advertising, but we'll get around to that. And I've got, I've got a story about that one that, that I've hit. Oh, that's great. I mean, another big recap. So once again, this is another podcast where you think there's not a lot to talk about, and there certainly is. You prompted for me memories when I was a kid. I had a paper route, and I used to use a mechanism called a vacation club and a Christmas club, um, where I would put 5 or $10 a week into this uh, Christmas club or a vacation club. And I, I started doing that with my grandmother. My, my, my nanny would take me to my nanny. It was my grandmother, so not, I didn't have a nanny. Um, <laughs> she's my grandma. Uh, but we would go to the bank, um, sound federal savings. They're no longer in business. But they had the concept of a Christmas club. And even with my paper out money, I had put in 5 or $10 a week from that paper out into 
the Christmas Club, and the rest of this it would go into my savings account. But I was using that principle for a very long time. Once again, I budget at the macro level. I always always talk about this, and I love it because we we um, we bounce off each other pretty well, Jody. You you budget at the micro level. I budget at the macro level. So I do account in our budgets for the year Christmas gifts. So it's it's in there. But once again, I probably should do a better job of of saving incrementally for it. But but my system has been working. Your system works. So like we've always said, it it all depends on what works for you and your family. I also love the the fact that you talked about the debt hangover. That was something I did not think about. And I've experienced that very few times in my life, but I have experienced it where you go on a big vacation or uh, Christmas holidays and you're paying for that thing, for that trip or for those gifts for months after you've done it. So that's a very, very good call out is to avoid the debt hangover, pay in cash and make sure you have the money to buy those gifts or you don't buy them. So I think that's very cool. Um, jumping into the um, into some of the topics that we want to hit upon today, and not in any particular order, but like teacher gifts. How do you guys handle teacher gifts in your household, Jody? So teacher gifts are part of that, you know, that twenty five hundred dollar chunk. Um, and uh, your kids maybe maybe the same. My kids, you know, lots of people's kids. They they don't have one teacher. They have a couple of teachers in the in the classroom. You know, there's the teacher. There's a couple teaching assistants. There's, like you said, Paul, there's the bus driver, you know, maybe you've got uh, before school care, after care, that can all add up. I mean, you, you can turn around, you're talking about 10 gifts for 10 people, um, you know, and, and even if you're getting a $10, you know, local coffee shop gift card, that's a hundred bucks. That's a lot of money. Um, so, so we, we budget that as part of that $2,500. We do have a spreadsheet. Uh, I think you said you have a spreadsheet too. We've got all the all the gifts, all the purchases written down on that spreadsheet. We try to get really granular with that just because that's the way we operate. Um, you know, so here's the teacher gifts. Here's the bus driver gifts. Here's the, you know, the tips for the hairdresser. Here's the tip for the, you know, preschool or aftercare or whatever. Here's the here's the tip for whoever is a service person in your life um, and make sure that you've accounted for all of them. I think I guess that's where I'm going with all this. Make sure you account for everything. Eliminate surprises in your spending this time of year. If you can eliminate the surprises, you won't make the spontaneous purchases, um, especially the ones you are either obligated to make like a teacher gift or a bus driver. Yeah, and that may sound ridiculous, but bus drivers, they drive our kids back and forth to school. They, we have to take care of them. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, so don't, don't cheap out on the bus driver gift, please. Yeah, and that's... Um, doesn't mean doesn't mean you have to spend money. Maybe it can be something very nice. I mean, look, a, a, a card from the kids, right? The kids can make a card at home and give it to the bus driver. That's okay. It's the expression. To me, it's the expression. And you know, I coach sports and and do a lot of things with kids, uh, teaching teaching kids. Um, I would love a homemade card from a kid that says, you know, thank you, Mr. Fisher, for what you've done. Great. I don't need money, um, but it's the expression. It's the it's the it's that you've got to take care of these people and and show them that they're appreciated. Yep. And I think for me, and that's one thing that I do do at a micro level is the holiday spreadsheet. I do exactly what you said. Every person, every entity, every expense gets a line item, and we manage very closely to it. In our school, in our school system. The class moms actually do a pooled gift. So they'll say contribute 
you know, ten, twenty dollars, whatever that amount is, and we take care of the teacher and the teaching assistants, etc. Um, I think that's a pretty good practice. Um, it also cuts down on the um, having to buy the individual gifts and individual cards for every single teacher and teacher's assistant. And I think the teachers prefer it that way too, to be honest with you, because they get one big lump sum of money as opposed to the smaller gifts. But I agree with you. Um, if the kids uh, want to, they should be encouraged to give the teachers and the teacher's aides those those thoughtful gifts. Or the bus driver, same thing, right? So Yeah, and, and what we're trying to say too is that you know if you don't have it in your budget, to purchase a gift, even if it's something as simple as a five or ten dollar gift card from somewhere, that's okay. Don't get shamed into making purchases you can't make. Um, and for something like that, where the where the child is the beneficiary, and it's a teacher or a bus driver, a homemade card for kid for people who work with kids, a homemade card is just as valuable, if not more, I think, than that $10 gift card to the local coffee shop. I think it'll be remembered more thoughtfully by the person receiving it. So I think you're 100% right. Absolutely. And don't, because don't, don't shame yourself into needing to buy something. If you can't buy it, if you can't buy it in cash, just don't do it. You're going to screw yourself. Yep. I I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. So I think we talked about the gifts and the tip. Do we get an explicit rating for that? Did I just, did I just get us an an E rating on our podcast? Uh, I said, screw yourself. uh, No, I think we're good. I think we're good. I think we're good. Although we may get some vicious feedback this week from our friends and family followers. So (laughs) we're sorry. We apologize. I just went off the rails. Hey Jody, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. That was a great discussion topic, but I want to switch to home decorations, both inside and out. I know in my house, um, we spend a little bit of money each year on having to replace lights that inevitably, for some reason, you put them away after a holiday season and, and they go bad when you go to plug them in the next year. So we have a no, certain amount. No, that never happens, ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a certain amount of money that we put aside for home, home decorations, both inside and out. And every year when we go to buy those new lights, maybe we'll buy a new piece for the lawn. It's not a big, big budget item, but it's just something to be aware of. Um, and once again, this is a dis- completely discretionary item, but we do do some home decorations. We do budget for that. Um, how do you handle home decorations in your house, Jody? Uh, we're, we're not unusual. You know, we do the same thing. We have all that stuff. It gets thrown in a couple of tubs and it gets put in the attic or wherever else. And we pull them out the next year and I fix the lights and all that kind of stuff and recycle. I'll give you my one um, interior home decoration hack rather than spend money on decorations to hang around the inside of the house we use and i reuse to the degree that they can be uh saved um the projects that the kids bring home from school so when the kids you know i mean they come they come home you know with with dramatic speed when they're little especially like they're in preschool and kindergarten stuff like that um I try to take them, fold them up, and put them in that big Tupperware tub or whatever that is, pull them out the next year, hang them up on the wall. Um, You you will be surprised and appreciative of how fast your house fills up when you've got three years' worth of school projects hanging up around the inside of the house. Um, Everything from gingerbread men to reindeer to whatever the heck else you've got. And And we put up the... We put up the Hanukkah decorations and we put up the Kwanzaa decorations and anything that's come home that is relative to the season, we put it up. 
it's and it's it ends up going everywhere in the house. It's amazing. Oh, that's very cool. That's a good tip. That's a very good tip. Yeah, we. My daughter and they're lo- free. They're all free. That's right. That's right. <laughs> my daughter, the past few years, she's been making snowflakes. And we hang them by the dining room. So she really loves decorating the home. Um, we have our Christmas tree and such. And we buy very few ornaments. We usually keep the ornaments that we have. We add a few every year, maybe on a trip, on a vacation trip. We'll add an ornament here or there. But for the most part, the cost around home decorations stays pretty stable. And it's not really a, a, a big budget item, but it's something to be aware of. Um, another big thing around the holidays is the is the grocery shopping, right? So we talked about this on a previous podcast, but that week for the Christmas from my house, that week is a is a monster budget, right? Us because too. you're buying the week's worth of groceries plus all the food that you need to feed all the family members for the holidays, and it might include other trips. You might have to go to the liquor store. You might have to go to the bakery. So these are all the things you have to keep in mind um, when you're planning. In our house, we've simplified the Christmas meal a bit. We used to go very, very crazy with the Christmas meal. And we've we've cut the cost, but not really because of a cost-cutting measure, but we cut it because of time, the time cost. Um, the preparation to cook and to cook out certain... We, we used to do a lot of steaks and such around the holidays. And... For us, it just became a time suck. Um, cooking the food outside, getting the grill fired up, if it's snowing, not snowing, weather issues, etc. So we actually have a pretty standard menu where we use some slow cooker recipes to make food for the year. Uh, my in-laws and my uncle, everyone gets um, assigned something to bring to the holiday table. So my uncle typically brings the desserts. My in-laws bring a dish and a side dish. We do the same thing for Thanksgiving. And not only is it a cost save, but it also is a time save. Because really, for me, the holidays is really around spending time with the family. And I'd prefer not to be rushing around cooking at the last minute. I'd love to have everything prepared, everything ready to go, everything menued. So you're not only financially frugal, but you're you're frugal about your time. And you want to spend the time with the holiday the way it needs to be spent. And how do you handle that, Jody, in terms of your, your food and purchases and menus and such? Yeah, similar philosophy, couple specifics. One, um, we are a family that loves to eat. Um, and so we will put the emphasis in terms of our budget on the food rather than the other stuff that comes and goes with the holiday. Um, at the same time, the, to your point, we will be balanced with how much we buy, um, and how uh, each member of the family pitches in to bring an item or stuff like that. The other thing to remember, too, is that it's easy to go hog wild uh, with food around the holidays. And as fun as that might be, cooking lots of different things or getting something exotic or just something you know you normally get or whatever, um, don't, don't overbuy to the point where there's not even room in the refrigerator for the leftovers. Because then you're going to fall into the trap of what we talked about last week on the grocery shopping podcast. Um, and, and the food's going to go bad. You're not going to be able to eat the leftovers in time um, for them to be put to good use, even if you send them home with lots of family members. Um, so don't go so nuts that you drill a hole in your budget and you buy to the point where you're throwing food away. That's just not smart. Um, but that said, we do put emphasis on the food just because we love to eat and, and we think that that's a something where you gather everybody around the table and everyone's together. And that is to your point, Paul, the point of the holiday. 
guys. Yep, absolutely. And and I couldn't agree with you more. We we do put an emphasis on the food, but we also follow the mantra of not overcooking and not overdoing it. And and that's something we we do as well. So we we definitely Yeah, you don't you don't need eight pies, right? Yes. <laughs> you don't need eight pies on the table. Two is just fine. You know, one of this one and one of that one. Or you don't need, you know, 12 side dishes. <laughs> You know, even if you love food, you don't need 12 side dishes. Yeah, know? I couldn't agree more. We we have a set menu. And that's the other thing is just like I plan, and we've talked about this in a previous podcast, we have a weekly menu. We definitely have a holiday menu that we shop to. And I keep a document within, the, uh, within my computer. And I do a save as every year and we modify that menu. And just like we do every week with the uh, weekly menu – the holiday menu itself is documented, and we buy against that menu. So nothing gets forgotten. We don't have to make multiple trips to the store, etc. And we refine that every year. We typically have the same meal, whether it's Easter or Christmas or Thanksgiving, and I have individual documents for those. But, of course, that's me being neurotic and over-planning. But to be honest with you, in my house, we rarely forget anything, and everything is there. So we never have to really rush to the store and say, oh, I forgot the cranberry sauce. Most of the time, we just forget to put it out. But the cans are sitting there somewhere in the pantry. <laughs> We've had that happen. Where that we, sounds familiar. Yeah, we buy yeah. everything, and then the meal's done, and everyone says, oh, where's the cranberry sauce? Ah, yes. Right. Anyone want cranberry for dessert? Right. Never mind. Um, so <laughs> Who wants to take it home? That's it. Who wants to take it home? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to switch but gears. To your, but yes. to your point there, too, the planning. The planning is going to help you, one, execute the thing that you want to do. I mean, you want to end up having fun. You don't want to forget things. You don't want to be running around at the last minute. So, you know, even if it's just making a simple list and then prioritizing against that list, budgeting against that list, um, it helps you plan. It helps you stay on track. And it also avoids you um, running out at the last minute and paying double for something that you'd you wouldn't normally pay double for simply because you forgot it. You just got to run fast and grab the first thing you see. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. And and that's why we do have those lists. Now we talked about the mechanics of, of planning for these pieces. What about the budgets within in terms of for your kids? Like for, I know for me, it is a special time of year. Um, we like to buy the kids at least one thing that they really wanted. Um, if it's somewhat expensive and that's relative right? Everyone's got a relative range of what they consider to be expensive. So I'm not going to throw numbers out. But for me, it's uh, expensive means it's something that's out of the ordinary, that's a little bit beyond what we would normally buy for, you know, for, for, for the kid. But we, we, we go a little bit overboard and buy it regardless, right? And we've had some really good surprise moments with that. And it's been touching. And we've, we've been thankful and grateful that we could do that. Um, what do you do about budgets, Jody, in terms of for the kids? Like, like I said, for us, we'll have a number of practical smaller gifts um, that either Santa or I bring or my wife brings. And then there's probably one or two bigger gifts that the kids really, really want. But most of the other stuff becomes purposeful, if that's the right word. Uh, so we do do shampoo and socks and some of these other pieces that um, they could use. Because my biggest pet peeve is buying something that just doesn't get used, right? And gets put into the basement or gets pushed aside and never gets used, clutters the house. And that, once again, that's my pet peeve. So what is your focus and what's your view when it comes to the holiday gift buying for the kids? 
Well, a couple things. Number one, you've got to give them clothes at some point because they have to get used to getting gifts they don't like. <laughs> That's a good point. And I mean, I mean that seriously. You know, inevitably in your life, you're going to open up a stinker of a gift for a kid. That's underwear. <laughs> so, yeah. so you got to give them some underwear <laughs> because they got to look at it and go, you know, and toss it over the shoulder like they like they did in the Christmas Story movie. Um, but in but in all seriousness, um, we we simply and I'm going to leave m numbers aside as well, Paul, because I think that's smart here because everybody's budget is relative. We define a certain amount of money that we're going to spend on the kids' gifts. We stick to that number. Um, you know, we we have wiggle room inside of that number, and what we choose to buy, uh, what we choose to let Santa know that the kids would like, whatever. But the point is, stick to the number. Don't violate the number, even if it, all of a sudden, and it's going to happen, you know, a week before Christmas, there's that magical gift that's going to make everything perfect for Christmas, mom and dad. And if I just get this thing, it'll all be right. It's it's really hard to avoid that. Um, but you've you've got to do your best to figure out ways around that, because, like I said, you can't drill a massive hole in your budget wake up in January and have that financial hangover, you will regret it. Um, I, a similar story, um, you know, in terms of, in terms of getting shamed into buying gifts and, and, or, or buying impulsive gifts, um, which is what I've done in the past. Um, I recall, um, one time we were, uh, we were on our honeymoon, uh, and this is, you know, before kids, and uh, there's that beautiful piece of jewelry on, you know, everything's magical on the honeymoon, right? And there's this beautiful yep. piece of jewelry that I really wanted to buy my wife. Like, oh, it's gorgeous. You know, we saw it a couple of times. And, you know, we really have to get that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And then I just thought to myself, ah, screw it. I'm just going to do it. Went, bought it, massive amount of money. Took six months, nine months to pay it off, off the credit card. Paid some interest charges on it. Um, I think she's worn it three times in 13 years. Wow. Um, and that's not a knock on her. It's just this massive piece of jewelry that like, she doesn't have the opportunity really to wear. Um, and she wears the $20 earrings that I got her all the time instead. Um, don't, don't make the mistake of thinking that some massive, incredible, magical purchase, like you see on TV commercials, you know, where, where she opens up the, the ring under the tree uh, on Christmas morning and everything is perfect. Don't think that that's going to make your holiday perfect. Cause that's not what it's about. And you are going to regret that purchase 10 minutes after you make it, because it's just, it doesn't make everything magical. It's great to buy those things. If you can buy those things and you can afford those things, but don't think that that's the key to a happy holiday season. Um, especially if that's going to mess with, the progress that you want to make with your money the other 11 months of the year. That's very well put. And I agree with that. Boxing in, in terms of putting a box or ring fencing the amount for each kid or even your spouse, right, of what you want to spend is important and not to go above it and work within that range. So if the particular gift you want is bumping up against the high end and consuming all the money in that budget piece, then there'll be fewer gifts, right? So you're right. You have to be practical and you have to think with your head and not with your heart so much. Even though it's a heart-filled holiday, 
you definitely have to think with your head to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Because at the end, you're doing the right thing for the family. That extra money that you're, quote unquote, you know, you'd be wasting on a very expensive gift will be used in other parts of your family's life. So I think that's important to remember as well is to make sure that, you know, this money that you're spending around the holidays is just a bigger, is just a very small part of the overall bigger budget, right? And that money will be better served in other areas of your life. And really focusing on the holiday season as being a time for family is probably the the biggest thing to remember and keep in mind. So um, with that, I think we'll go into kind of the summary recap in terms of the takeaways for today. So I think... um, the ones I heard uh, were plan early and often, right? Uh, and and the other one is don't be shamed into the big purchases. That was a great story, Jody, and something that I'll take away to remember that if I'm at the cusp of trying to impress or, or think that that's going to be the right thing to buy, I'll think twice and think back on this podcast. So what are your takeaways from, from today? Yeah, I would say um, I, I loved your stories, Paul, about um, making sure that you've uh, got a plan going in, uh, making sure that you're budgeting against that plan and then executing that plan. Um, and, and also just making sure that you, you stay on track. Um, take into account everything you can. And I think this is the time of year where really getting granular and getting, uh, you know, a little OCD is, is actually a good thing. Writing it all down, making sure that you've executed all the plans you want to execute on time and making sure you're staying on budget. Uh, is really important because you don't want to wake up in January um, after having bought everything from Halloween costumes to Thanksgiving dinner to everything that's in your December holiday um, and, and, and be paying for it for the next six months. Um, So make sure that you plan early and often um, make sure you execute against that plan and, and, and don't, don't think that some make believe magical thing gift or whatever that is, is going to make your holiday better. The holiday is better because you're with the people that you love. I can't, I couldn't, couldn't put any better, uh, myself. So thank you, Jody, for that, uh, recap. Um, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks everyone for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the financial dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you.